Great West College Hockey Podcast from the Summer Skate Studios is brought to you by Liberty University. Bring your faith and your game to the premier ACHAM1 program on the East Coast. See us at liberty.edu. M-Drive, honest ingredients, real science. Take our quiz at mdriveformen.com and see which of our products are right for you. Caesars Entertainment Resorts and Casinos. With Caesars Rewards, members can enjoy rates as low as $10 a room. UNLV Hockey. Follow the Skate and Rebels Championship run all season long. For schedule and ticket information, go to rebelhockey.com. Drury Inns and Suites. Travel happy again. Book your room at one of our over 150 locations at druryhotels.com. University of Oklahoma Hockey. Big school, big dreams. For schedules and tickets, go to ouhockey.net. AT&T Wireless, where both new and existing customers always get our best deals. University of Arizona Hockey. Be part of building not just a championship culture, but the future. Visit ArizonaWildcatHockey.org. Summer Skates. Order your custom koozies or shower shoes at SummerSkates.com and show your game in comfort and style. University of Central Oklahoma. Top-ranked education and an elite college hockey experience. For more information, go to uco.edu or ucohockey.com. Jesse Ray's Barbecue at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard in Las Vegas or 308 North Boulder Highway in Henderson. We are the best of barbecue Las Vegas style. San Diego State Hockey, sun, sand, and hockey, as well as a top-flight education at sdsu.edu and sdsuhockey.com. The Great West College Hockey Podcast is a part of the IcetimeHockeyWest.com network. Here are your hosts, Scott Strandy and Stephen Marsh. All right. Well, welcome in, hockey fans, anywhere that you may be listening to us tonight. It is Wednesday night, which means it is the Great West College Hockey Podcast. Scott Strandy with you tonight from Maricopa, Arizona. My co-host is always Stephen Marsh joining me from that beautiful, vibrant city with no snow. Las Vegas, Nevada. Stephen, how are you tonight? That's right. No snow to speak of. We are finally uh, starting to get into spring, <laughs> I guess. We had some winds today, but other than that. You don't have snow. <laughs> What's that? You don't have snow. That, I know. That was, just a, that was just like a once in a lifetime type thing. <laughs> Except it was like three or four times this winter. So you've had many lifetimes. We've <laughs> all been living those, haven't we? Well, I, I need as many lifetimes as I can get at this point. <laughs> I hear you. Well, it is Wednesday night, as I said, which means it's college hockey. The great, I'll start again. The Great West We're College not Hockey Podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It's we can just crazy... we can just restart if you want. We're not live or anything. Yeah, yeah it's been a crazy day. Uh, as you know, I spent. Uh, most of the day in Tucson, Arizona, I had a chance to visit with. Uh, well, that's that's the issue right there, as Paul would point out. <laughs> Jeez, I hope they're not listening in Tucson. We're in trouble. No, no, uh, I'm not saying that. It's in our Paul. Paul would uh, would say that about Tucson. Yeah, I've never exactly. been to Tucson, so I can't judge it. Are you serious? Seriously, you've never been there? No, no, I've never been to Tucson. Oh well, we got to fix that for sure. <laughs> oh no, uh, they're getting a new they're getting a new rink coming in. Perfect. And, uh, I'll go then. I'll go then. That give me a few more years to prepare. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm I sure I'm gonna. End, I'm sure the Henderson Silver Knights will play Tucson. At, well, they always play them, so I'm sure I'll make it there for some point to to see them, and of course check in on uh, Arizona as well. But uh, no, I've never been to Tucson yet. No. Okay, well, we, we'll fix that. Um, but it's like I've never been to Reno. I've lived in Nevada all these years. I've never gone up north to Reno. Of course, oh, Tucson goodness. is not is not that far away from main part of Arizona, Phoenix and everything. But, you know, Reno's like eight hours away. But still, you know, I just I just kind of stick to my spots. I stick to, <laughs> you know, I stick to Vegas. Southern you know, California. Southern California sometimes. <laughs> you know, when I have to go to Arizona, I, I begrudgingly go there, you know, sometimes. <laughs> Boy, you're just making friends everywhere you Utah's go. Utah's okay. I've been there. It's all right. You know, you've been to Colorado. <laughs> yes, I have. That, that's okay. Uh, okay. That's uh, right. Well, anyway, um, I just wanted. Should we just to, spend uh, the whole hour talking about all the places I've been? <laughs> <laughs> 
Mm-hmm. We could put dots on the map. You were in St. Louis for last year's tournament. It actually is not very many. At. It's not very many dots, actually, if you think about it. <laughs> not like you, where you've you've gone to almost. You know, you've done all these traveling around. What was it that you did a couple years ago? The four thousand some miles you did. Oh yeah, crazy thirty days straight <laughs> yeah. uh, during the pandemic. I'm not that yeah. crazy. I'm not that yeah. crazy. Yeah, I went from Arizona to Colorado. <laughs> From Colorado to Michigan, Michigan to Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania go. back to Colorado, uh, <laughs> or down to Missouri, uh, then to Colorado, then back, and then down to Texas, and then back to through New Mexico, and back to Arizona. So yeah, it was uh, it was quite an adventure. My head hurt just thinking about all that. Yeah, my my head is still hurting from that. And that's two <laughs> years ago. <laughs> anyway, uh, we got stuff to talk about tonight. As I said, I had a chance to visit. We do. With, we have uh, something to talk about. <laughs> yeah, I had a chance to visit with Coach Chad Berman uh, of the Arizona Wildcats. I talked to uh, Jesse Lowell, uh, Brody Selman, and uh, Biv. I don't even call him. I don't even call him anything other than Biv. Because uh, I can't you say can't, that last I was going to say, because you can't say <laughs> pronounce his name. <laughs> I said, Nolan, can I just call you Biv? He goes, sure. I think, I think we, know, we know from you that you love nicknames. And I think <laughs> I know why now. It's because you can't actually say their real name. So you just come up with some sort of nickname that you can remember. Yeah, Paul the Palatial Estate Hornstein. <laughs> Nothing about uh, the Arizona goaltender, Arizona State goaltender. I'm sure you can't say his last name, so you come. Semptonfelter. Oh, there you I go. I got okay. that one right. You got that one right. There you go. And let me try Biv's name. I think it's Bivol Bivol <laughs> no, You shouldn't have even. Shouldn't Something like that. You shouldn't anyway. even tried it. Anyway, you should have just stuck with Biv. He's Biv, and uh, that's how. So we had a little chat about that. Uh, I wanted to get their thoughts on uh, the season going out to Boston. By the way. What a great job of fundraising they have done because they are plus $30,000 in the bank and ready to rock and roll. They said it was – Coach Chad Berman said it might have been their best year of fundraising uh, since he's been so there. Plus 30000 that means they have 30000 more than they needed? No, they have 30000 plus okay. in the bank. So uh, I was going to say, if they they've got some them. extra money to throw around, we could use some to help fund yeah. our, <laughs> our travels out there. I know. I, I was putting in a good word for us. <laughs> okay. um, anyway, anyway, yeah, that. Uh, so that's what's happening there. Or, or I think I could give a team in Vegas that might still need some, uh, need some money too. Apparently. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. Well, we know, and we've talked about this off air, it, it's going to be an expensive trip. There's no doubt about it. Uh, it's St. Patrick's weekend. Um, you and I are booking rooms and seeing what the costs are going to be out there. It's uh, it's going to be expensive. I hope it's exciting. You know, one of the things, Stephen, I found out tonight is that Brody Selman, who we've had on the show before, uh, played for Team USA uh, this past summer. Um, and we had a chance. I had a chance to visit with him, and he told me he's from New Jersey. He said he kind of grew up in that uh, in that ice rink. And I said, how many rinks do they have there? He goes, well, when I played, there was 10, but there's probably 18 now. <laughs> so he said the facility in in um, Marlboro is fantastic. So that was a firsthand experience to get from him. Hey, well, that's great. I mean, I've heard I've heard opposite. I've heard that it's kind of uh, not so nice. So that's uh, good that he's got that hope. I bet if I looked said, it up on Yelp, his would be a five-star review, and then there'd also be some that'd be a three-star <laughs> review, maybe a four-star. There'd be a mixture of, of reviews, I'm sure. Probably. That's the way it is everywhere. But <laughs> yes. he he said from the upper upper uh, levels, you can see five games at one time. I think that's pretty cool. Oh, that'd be, that, that's your dream right there, because you always talk about trying to be at <laughs> six places at one time. Boy, if they could just play all six six games at one spot. Yeah, just do a little just, rotation. <laughs> just, just sit there and rotate your chair around every, you know, a little bit of a turn and you catch all the games at one time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, as we talked about last week, the parents came out last Wednesday, and uh, we broke them down for I want to do it again, because maybe somebody missed it or uh, – hadn't had a chance to go back and listen to the podcast, and I think it's worth it. Um, there are three teams from the WCHL uh, in the tournament field. UNLV, of course, uh, number four seed, correct? Correct. All right. And UPO, the number six seed, correct? That is correct as well. <laughs> and they will be playing the number 11 seed, which is the Arizona Wildcats. How correct? about that? Yeah, that is correct. <laughs> I can't wait to hear. I bet you asked about that. <laughs> I did ask about that and uh, a little behind the scenes stuff. Coach Berman said, um, guys, uh, when you're talking on the uh, on camera, maybe uh, 
keep the talk about what you want to do to CO to a minimum because we don't need any bulletin board material. <laughs> yes. So yeah. they're uh, UCO UCO is good about bullet board material. Yeah, now just wait until you hear what Chad Berman said though, because he was gushing about uh, how good UCO is. And keep in mind, these two teams are in the same conference. And as you brought up last last week, um, they haven't played each other yet, even though they're in the same conference. That is, yeah, that's right. I mean, they they did not play each other this year because of the way the scheduling for the WCHL happens. Uh, it was just so happens this year was not a year that those two uh, were scheduled to play each other because they're out they're in different divisions and and uh, they were just it didn't it didn't work out in the schedule this year which means in future years they they will but yeah it's uh, so this will so this will be the first time they'll have played each other this year so for that it's kind of nice uh, for our purposes it's i guess it's nice because we know that one team will will certainly move on uh, to the to the quarterfinals but we also know that means one team will go home so early early very early yeah <laughs> Yeah, but very but early. Coach Berman said he was thrilled that they were not in a playing game. He did not want to be uh, in that situation, so he's happy to be in the uh, the sixteen, I guess you would say. Um, and as far as playing UCO, he said, you know, they're they're ready to play UCO. That it's a challenge. They haven't played them this year. They're excited to play them instead of having to play somebody that maybe they've already played. He talked about Dearborn. Well, I'm going to let him tell you all about it here in just a minute, but. Um, so my thoughts on this whole deal is I, I was expecting to hear, yeah, you know, it's a, what a bummer to have to play UCO first round. But uh, the Wildcats, at least, are excited about that matchup. Hey, I, I think it's going to be a great matchup. I think, you know, how good UCO is. Uh, they've had their moments this year maybe where they showed some vulnerability, but they've also been very strong at times this year. And obviously, they won the WCHL title only uh they went 19 and 1 in wchl play so that was uh that was pretty great but of course as i mentioned they did not play uh the, the schedule didn't did not have them play arizona they did not play unlv they played them last year so they didn't play them this year so those were those were you know those are two really good teams in the top part of the the, the league and uh yeah so i mean so so uco won they beat some good teams, but again, not playing you. They did play, excuse me, they did play UNLV, but it wasn't technically a, a conference game. It was a early in the season, a neutral site game that was kind of put together. Yeah, and that, that arena before. you loved in Denver. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, it was. Uh, I wonder why I got no pictures from that one. <laughs> <laughs> you, uh, if, if you could, if you could see, if you could see the action, then then you got you got pictures. <laughs> and at the at the Wi-Fi wasn't so bad. I would have been able to post more, but there was uh, issues with <laughs> there that. There was issues, and... <laughs> yeah. Well, it was an old airport hangar, so, you know, what do you yeah. expect? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Good way to so, spend a uh, Sunday. Yeah, exactly. So uh, let's do this. Let's listen to Coach Berman. It's about 12 minutes. He chattered on a little bit. So um, we'll listen to that. We'll come back and uh, get your thoughts on what you hear from Coach Berman, and then uh, we will uh, dig into uh, – the pairings. We'll take a quick break and we'll come back and uh, talk about the women's side of things. Because last week we didn't break down the tips uh, for the women's side, and you have them tonight, correct? I did find them, yes, and I think it's awesome. important on International Women's Day that we talk about the women a little bit. So we will do. Well that. done, well done. And by the way, our executive producer is recovering from bronchitis, oh. and it's been a battle of you talk bronchitis. About a, you talk about a, a woman that puts a lot of effort in to get get herself going on the air a lot oh, of nights, and goodness. all the graphics and all the videos that we shoot, and, and she helps put together and get up there and stuff. So yeah, so uh, she's recovering, but uh, it's been a battle. Bronchitis, not a fun fun thing to have so no. anyway all right let's listen to coach chad berman talk a little bit about his team and the preparations as they uh, get ready to head uh to boston beantown it wouldn't be a wildcat preview without the uh wildcat head coach chad berman with me coach uh another trip to the national tournament i know uh there's a number of things in your checklist cactus cup going to the national tournament winning a national championship have i missed anything along the way uh, that sounds pretty good. It sounds like a good year, so hopefully that pans out. Boston uh, as a destination, St. Patrick's Day weekend, distractions galore, a big rink with a, or a big building with a number of ranks, a number of teams. Any concern from a coach going out there? 
Uh, no. <laughs> we go to Vegas every year. We get plenty of challenges. Um, not at all. I mean, we're not thinking anything past UCO. I mean, it's a, it's a challenge enough. And um, so I sure hope that's where our focus is. Okay. Uh, when I saw the rankings come out, I'm going like three WCHL teams, and two of them are playing each other on the first round. Um, it's not a playing round, which is good. Gets you a little more time to, to get ready. But your thoughts on UCO and what you have to do since you haven't played them, even though they're a conference opponent. I'm glad, we, I'm glad it's a team we haven't played. It's nice to play somebody new. That's yeah. kind of part of the fun of the national tournament. Um, and certainly a program I know a lot about. I have a tremendous amount of respect for that program. They've won the last two conference championships. Unfortunately, we had to mail the cup to them, right? So, um, you know, traditional, there's a, a, a sustained culture of success there. They know how to win, um, whether it be the conference championships. Maybe the most impressive thing I've seen any team in the ACHA do in the last handful of years plus, um, you go four overtimes, come back the next morning for the early game and play a talented team like UNLV and get a win to go play Lindenwood for the national championship. I think that sums that group up. They know how to, they know what it takes. They know how to win. Um, they're going to, they're going to grind. They're going to be hard on pucks. Um, you got to keep them off the power play. They, they've got the, you know, the, obviously the Russian kid who there is their little Ovechkin who's got a quick trigger. We're going to be, have to be aware of him. Um, but he's not the only guy. Simpson's having an unbelievable season, and, and they got a couple little guys in there who don't play little. Uh, they compete hard. They, they have elite hockey IQ, solid goaltending, um, very good defense, good bite in the back end. They're simple. They move pucks, and they're going to they're gonna work hard 3-3 low below the dots. So um, it's a tremendous challenge. Uh, Mike's one of my favorite guys in the ACHA. He's just incredibly smart. If you ever get a chance just to talk hockey with him, you leave feeling a little dumb. Um, so I know they'll be prepared. I'm, I'm, I'm prepared for a chess match here. We're, there's going to be a lot of adjustments as we go. Uh, I'm sure he is too, and, and I'm sure things he's preparing have changed. So um, really where our focus needs to be is on us, and I think when we do the things that we do well, uh, we can compete with anybody, and when you're in a tournament like this, it's a, it's a goal difference. So competing with anybody is not one of those things that sounds like we have a chance to win. It means, you know, how are you going to get that – late goal or, or keep them off the board and give yourself a chance in the last five minutes to, to finish a team off. Um, and, and that's the objective. Not looking for any excuses, of course, but um, injuries are injuries. I watched you put together a lineup, and if you had to play today, it wouldn't be a lot of fun for you. But um, you expect to get some guys back. You hope to get some guys back. And what kind of lineup will you be able to put out there? Well, we hope to, for sure. Um, I think everybody's banged up this time of year. You know, it's been six months of a grind and travel and everything else that these guys go through. I'm not sure everybody really is full, fully aware of what these the players, not just here, but in the ACHA, yeah. go through. Um, so I think everybody's banged up, sore, and down to their numbers. If you're going to have success this time of year, you'd better have depth. Um, and I know Mike mentioned that in your last interview with him there, and it's the truth. Um, you know, most teams can nullify each other's top lines. What's line two, three going to do? You know, are they going to produce? What can they make happen? Um, and, you know, that really is what the game gets boiled down to at that point. What can you as a, do as a coach to build that second, third, fourth line to make them better than your opponents? Is there anything you can do uh, specifically this time of year? Well, if we haven't by now, we're in trouble. So <laughs> um, you'd like to believe uh, it's a layering process. You know, it's like there's no light switch that by March, this is how we play. You hope you're improving and, and you're layering it on week by week, month by month. Um, we're excited about our combinations right now. We're more excited if we're healthy. Um, but if not, we have guys who are ready to contribute. Um, you know, we're, we're still growing as a program and in our culture. And this is the best culture we've had. And hopefully I say that again next year and the year after that. Um, we understand the challenge. We understand what we're up against. This is a championship-caliber team on game one. Um, we're ready to go to war. When you look at the teams, it's kind of same old, same old, and then it's not really same old, same old, and some of them are in different places than they would normally be or have been in the past. Your thoughts on the overall 20 teams that are in the tournament? Yeah, I mean, I, don't th I think getting in the tournament is not what it used to be. Yeah. I mean, it's not a shoe in that, oh, of course you'll be in the tournament. That's, that's not how it goes. Um, I'm thinking a lot about Utah right now. That's a heck of a hockey team that didn't make it in. I think they're no, yeah, and and you know I think I think more the year before maybe more that their mistake at the end of the year. Yeah. This year, um, I thought they were hot. They took one from UNLV. I mean, we played them, we split them all year. They got good cold goaltending. They're they're hard on pucks. They're tough to play. They got some speed. Um, for that team not to make it, that tells you where we're at. Um, and then you sit there and go, how do they not make it? Well. Dearborn might have been the hottest team in the country for the last month, and they go in and win that tournament. And I don't think anybody's surprised because of how good they're playing. 
Um, glad we saw them in, I think, November and not, you know, February. So um, it's uh, there's more. I mean, we played ASU. That's a good hockey team there. A lot of talent on that team. You look at those teams in the bubble now. Good, good teams aren't necessarily going to make it anymore. Um, and the most, you know, I always tell people, it's an old Jeter quote, the best teams uh, make it, the hottest team's going to win it. So yeah. how, how prepared are we? That's, that's what we're asking ourselves every day. Okay. Um, you guys set yourself up this year with your schedule to emulate, if you could, or as close as you could, a national tournament uh, type format with your trip out to Michigan. And, and multiple times this year, you, you set yourself up to play tough competition at difficult times in the season. How much do you think that's prepared you as you prepare this week? We hope a lot. That was the goal, the idea, the objective. Um, we didn't have, I mean, literally not one, there's not one gimme game this year. Every game we'd better be ready to go. Um, you know, even the teams, we had a few teams take a chunk out of us. Uh, you know, you got to be prepared in the ACHA these days. But obviously, you know, we took that trip, especially in Michigan. We went a third and three to play um, on the road. They're in a game two. Um, you know, I stacked the deck against my group to challenge them to see how we what we could do and i liked what we saw we didn't do enough at that time to win but we're a different team than then so is adrian um and go go figure you know we play the winner of calvin and adrian next round so hopefully some of that experience pays off we know what to expect from them and um you know i'm a big fan of pressure like i think it's such a misunderstood thing like uh, like teams that don't have pressure don't have expectations that's boring to me so like yeah i would love the opportunity to go play a caliber team like that but um, to do that, you better beat a team like UCO, and that's that's certainly not going to be easy. When you look at your roster right now, and uh, you know I injuries aside, the talent that you have, do you have three or four really good lines that you feel comfortable rolling with? I I feel comfortable with five plus. I mean, we've got a lot of pieces, and that's really how we look at our program. I, um, you, you know, we're not just throwing a bunch of talent at the wall and saying, well, let's go out and skill them. They're, they're pieces, and guys bring different things, and, and the minutes don't necessarily reflect the impact a guy makes. Um, and so there's a lot of maneuverability we have. There's some different things we can do to be creative. Um, I think the stability of our of our team, frankly, is the goaltending and the defense, and, and those are locked in pretty good and pretty healthy. Um, and so from there, we can make a lot of things happen. Uh, we're not necessarily going to beat you in a 5-6 game. Um, doesn't mean we can't. Um, but it come this time of the year, you better be in a race to three if you're going to have success. And so, uh, and certainly against a team like UCO, that's going to be the case. You've seen a lot of your locker rooms over the past seven, eight years, whatever it's been. Um, how does this one compare? Are these guys locked in? Are they lockstep? Best locker room I've ever had by far. Best culture I've ever had by far. It's not just something I'm saying. Um, they're all here for the right reason. I think we had maybe five bad practices all season where I didn't feel like we showed up focused. That says a lot. I mean, it's hard to come in on a Monday in the middle of the season and be motivated. Um, these guys work hard consistently. They care about each other. Um, I did my best bet to try to rock the boat by adding three players at Christmas break, which is ill-advised. It's a lot to add, especially when you're limited in, in your uh, resources to prepare, we'll call it. Um, and so I challenged that a little bit, and I think they withheld it. But that's my job is to challenge this group. My job is to put them through a third and three through Adrian uh, to, to make things more difficult than they are because – I don't think everybody understands when the lights turn on and it's a national tournament, everything's magnified and the pressure's on. I hope I put them through the ringer all season. That's just another day. All right, let's finish it on this one. I haven't talked to you much about the building uh, on the uh, horizon, but how nice would it be to bring that national championship and, and get it ready for when that building opens in a couple of years? Yeah, I mean, it would be amazing. Obviously, it's the long-term goal. It's not the short-term focus. It's it's uh, very cliche, but really, it's one one day at a time. Like, when you when you have UCO, you don't look past that. I mean, you, you understand that's going to take a lot. So um, we're incredibly excited about our arena, 3,000 seats. I've seen, I've got new images here with the restaurants. We're tweaking different things in the locker room, a dry room, a stadium seating, film room. Um, we're going to have a first-class NCAA Division One caliber experience here on top of the 80-degree weather, unbelievable business program, and a sold-out crowd every night. I don't know how you can beat that. So we're excited about what's on the horizon, but these are the building blocks that help get us there. And, um, you know, the reason our culture is so strong are because of those building blocks. You have the, the guys now who we've developed that have become leaders. Jesse Lowell's as good as it gets as a captain. Yeah. He does everything on and off Coming the ice back, right. I'm guessing? Oh, yeah, for sure, yeah. No, he'll be back. He'll be back. I have uh, I can sleep again. He'll be back. Um, and so, obviously, that's a huge boost. But you look at the leadership group. I mean, I, I never thought I would put a letter on a, on a goalie. Right. Biv made it impossible not to. He's a leader. He's vocal. And we need those kinds of guys. And, obviously, Brody's a warrior, a workhorse. He's been here a few years. But, um, 
you know, that's who sustains and creates that culture of expectations. Coaches can go up and say all they want. If it doesn't come from the group, it's irrelevant. And if you don't understand that's a day-to-day, you have to feed that thing like a diet. It's not something that just comes. You have to continue to work at it. Um, Like I said, hopefully we're even better next year in terms of culture. But um, I'm a big believer that, you know, talent wins you games, culture sustains you winning. And you look at UCO, well, there's nothing on paper outside of some, you know, about eight guys, eight, nine guys who are really good. You look at the roster, it's like they just they just work hard. They, they do their jobs. They do their thing. And they, they usually have success. So um, certainly that's a, a program there that we'd like to model that after. All right. You heard it. The Wildcats are ready for a trip to Boston. It's going to be a long one. Uh, I'm sure you guys are prepared for that. But give us your schedule. When are you, when are you leaving? How long are you going to be there until uh, before game day? We're flying out 16th, 6 a.m., uh, be there in the evening. We practice the next day, um, only staying a couple of miles away, so I'm sure we'll catch a couple of games and uh, get ourselves ready. And then, you know, i got a young team returning next year, so the deeper we go. All right, you heard it. That is the head coach, Chad Berman. Um, Steven, it's a lot to digest, but what, what were your thoughts uh, as I played that for you? Well, I think... For one, they're excited for the opportunity they have to go out there and compete. And Chad Berman said about the locker room that, or the culture that it's the best that he's had, which is which is great, which I think is going to help. Uh, that they're they're excited for the opportunity to to play a team like UCO, and that they're are looking for, uh, you know, to, to play a team like them and and hope that they can they can you know win that game. I mean, it's not on unreasonable to think that they couldn't win that game uco is a top good team but uh they can be beaten we saw some upsets last year so i think uh i think it's it'll be exciting for them of course he asked about the distractions about going to boston and st patrick's day weekend Uh, i guess two things on that i guess first it's good that it's in marlboro which is about 40 minutes or so from boston itself so that's and then chad bourbon did mention that they do make a trip out to vegas every year so if they can survive uh those trips i'm sure Going to uh, Boston uh, won't be too bad of a, an issue. Plus, they'll be so focused on on their games that uh, you know that they'll they'll be re- they'll be focused. And uh, yeah, I mean, so it, it's it's exciting to see what they what they can do. It's it's not going to be easy, uh, but they're going to give it their best effort. Yeah, absolutely. And um, UCO has had uh, an experience from the last um, tournament that you were witness to in uh, st louis don't, don't to, remind uh, me i'm still i'm still tired from <laughs> from all those overtime games okay to uh to uh this whole season it's kind of been you know and, and chad said that too i said you know i watched him play against maryville uh the first two nights of the season and maryville took it to him uh i thought on the first night but then the second night they rebounded and took it right back to maryville so they they've kind of been streaky up and down their record says you know they're not as good as uh, as they've been in the past, but uh, one thing I like about UCO is they've been there, they've experienced it. When you experience four overtimes and then go play UNLV the next day and then win that game and go play Lindenwood in the championship, um, you, you know what it's about, right? And and you're and you're right about that. And and in that championship game, yes, Lindenwood did end up winning that, but they were they fought in that game. I mean, it was I think it was. 2-2 after one period or something. It was like, or it was it was a tie game after the first intermission in that game, and it was that was a little bit uh, interesting. And then, of course, Lindenwood was finally able to break away and, and win it in the, in the second, third periods. But it was, uh, what they were able to do last tournament, I, I think the run that they made was impressive enough, but you factor in all the overtimes they had to do. And then I think they even had to, they had the, the four-overtime game. They even had an overtime the game before that, I think, and just all the hockey that they had played, and then having to play a team like UNLV, who had had been more rested and all that, and and just uh, you know, and it, yeah, and then being able to play in the championship game, and, and one thing I remember from from that uh, from that is because I was looking back into some video recently, is they stayed out on the ice for some of that uh, celebration uh, for Lindenwood to do their celebration, obviously to do the handshakes, but they stood on the other side of that ice while Lindenwood was getting their, their trophy and their, in their stuff. And, and that's just, and I don't know if that's a customary thing where the, the runner ups do that usually, but, but if, if it is, that's a great thing. But even, even just for them to do that, because they were, 
they were so close to getting it, right? They were in the championship game. They they could see the team. They see the team that they beat them. They are celebrating, and it puts in their mind, well, this is we want this to be us next year. Well, the other teams that played in the national tournament, they have a, they had a chance to compete, but they didn't make it all the way to the championship game to to see that firsthand the the team right there on the ice next to them uh, celebrating a championship. And I think that I think that can that can make an impact on a on a player on a on a team when they are trying to go back the next year. I mean, we've seen what happened in the NHL with uh, with other teams, you know, like Tampa going all those years. And I think the deeper you go in anything, the more experience you gain. And certainly, and even within that last year, because they had so many overtimes and, and it was just, and I remember asking, like, well, how are you guys, like, doing, staying loose and everything? And just the things <laughs> they were explaining to me. It was, and I, have to, I would have to go back and play that video again. But it was just, it's just amazing what, what, what they had to do. Already having to deal with, the grind that is the national tournament, but adding that in and they were able to go all the way to the end is, is impressive. And, and I think that can benefit you for the following uh, season because you now you've had all that experience in, in high level uh, play. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Uh, and clearly you could hear from coach Berman that they have a ton of respect for, for UCO and their program and, and head coach Michael Rivera and what they do. Um, so I, I think it's going to be an exciting matchup. I, I, I've changed my feelings on it a little bit, Stephen. I was uh, frustrated that there were two WCHL teams going at each other when there's only three in the tournament in the opening game. But now that, that, that it's out there, and I heard the uh, comments from from at least the Arizona side so far, um, I'm excited. I, I, think, uh, I think it is good, especially since they hadn't played each other each year. And, you know, I told you there was one guy that's uh, that's been in the complex and played in the complex, and he said he's done it since he's about six years old, that being Brody Selman, who is uh, a New Jersey native. So um, here's Brody giving a little bit of a description about what you can expect when you get out there to, I believe it's the Northeastern Sports Complex. Is that correct? New England. New England Sports Complex. Okay. Hold on one second. Here we go. Because a lot of people are asking me about it. They go like, I hear it's a big facility. I hear it's really nice. You've been there. You've grew up there. Tell us about it. Yeah, I, when I was growing up, I think there was 10 ranks. I'm sure they have another seven now. I love playing there. I mean, you, you go upstairs in the lobby and you get to watch five hockey games at once. So it's a cool experience. Okay, making the trip out to Boston. I'm sure you got family and friends that are going to make the trip out there. Um, how big is it? obviously for your program, but for you guys, but for you personally to get a W right off the get-go and set yourself up with maybe a match with Adrian. It's huge. I mean, that's what we've been playing for all year. Uh, one game at a time, one shift at a time. That's how we're going to handle it. So that's Brody Selman. He, a quick synopsis of what he's going to, are you going to find at the new England sports complex? Um, your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think that's great that you have somebody that's played in that, uh, that building and has some experience playing in that area. I think that that could maybe provide some sort of advantage. Maybe if the rink has any special uh, quirks to it or whatever uh, on on that particular rink that the uh, Division One teams will be playing on. Um, you know, obviously they're going to get there and get some practices in, but um, whether they get to actually play on the main rink or not, I don't know because that the, the tournament will start Thursday, so uh, next Thursday, so it'll be being used all day long, but. But yeah, if you have somebody that's familiar with it and maybe knows how the how it works, you know, I mean, most rinks are about the same, but you know, they're not. I mean, it's not like every every rink is equal when it comes to these kind of in these kind of buildings and stuff. So maybe that can help in some way. Uh, having that familiarity with somebody that's played on it before and has, has played in that area. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Okay, let's do this. Let's take a quick break, uh, hear from some of our partners, and then we'll come back. And uh, you can help us, or actually you can do it. You can break down the women's side of things for us because you have it. You have the brackets. Well, I'll do my best. <laughs> kind of still looks kind of confusing to me, but, but we'll, uh, we'll do our best. All right, we'll be right back. Championship pedigree, world-class coaching, first-class facilities are all a part of the ACHA experience at Adrian College. The Bulldogs look to raise their third national championship banner in the last five years at Arrington Ice Arena, one of the best facilities in all college hockey. Get a big school hockey feel with all of the educational advantages of a private education. For more information, go to adrianbulldogs.com or Adrian. 
www.ubc.edu. Hello, fans. My name is Hunter Mazzillo, and I'm number 26 for the UNLV Skating Rebels, and you're listening to the Great West College Hockey Podcast. Play at the premier ACHA D1 men's program on the East Coast and prepare yourself for a career at Liberty University in Lynchburg, Virginia. Sellout crowds, top competition, and championship aspirations await you on our picturesque campus with state-of-the-art facilities, gifted faculty, and over 700 programs of study to help you make an impact on and off the ice, as well as your community training as a champion for Christ. If your faith in yourself and your beliefs are equally as strong, see if Liberty Hockey and Liberty University is right for you. Visit us at liberty.edu. fans, this is Jesse Lowell, captain of the Arizona Wildcats, and you are listening to the Great West College Hockey Podcast. Oklahoma Sooners Hockey, celebrating 20 years of big hits, 20 years of big saves, and 20 years of big goals. Go to OUHockey.net and get your season or single-game tickets to see the Sooners take on national powers, Minot State, Missouri State, and of course, rival Central Oklahoma. Single game tickets are just $10 a piece, while OU students and staff are free with their ID. Youth hockey players are also free if they wear their jerseys. 20 years of Oklahoma Sooners hockey, the action you crave, only faster. When you talk about the best of Las Vegas, you're talking about the best of the best. So when you're Jesse Ray's barbecue and you're a three-time winner of the Best of Las Vegas award, that speaks for itself. Whether it's the original location at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard in Las Vegas, or the new location at 308 North Boulder Highway in Henderson, come and savor our People's Choice award-winning barbecue ribs. Or maybe just come in and pick up a bottle of our best in Las Vegas barbecue sauce to take home. Open seven days a week. You can order online at jessieraysbarbecue.com. And for an occasion that will be remembered for a long time, call us for all of your catering projects at Jesse Ray's Barbecue today. UNLV Rebel Hockey, located in fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada, is proud to partner with Ice Time Hockey Southwest. As a premier ACHA Division I university, UNLV offers a unique chance to play college hockey. Experience a pro setting in Hockey Mad Las Vegas while you earn your degree in any of our over 300 majors in one of the world's destination cities. If this sounds right for you, then visit us at rebelhockey.com to get your future started today. Passion, talent, development. NCAA hockey offers all that and its players graduate at a 93% rate. Trevor Zegras. And they score on the lacrosse move. Jake Gensel. Gensel banks it towards the goal. He before the NHL stage. Whether you're a fan or a player, nothing compares to college hockey. Oh my goodness Visit collegehockeyinc.com and follow at College Hockey. As San Diego State begins its first season of ACHAM1 hockey, be a part of the foundation as the Aztecs look to build a new chapter in the city's long hockey history. In addition to our growing hockey program, the more than 36,000 SDSU students in our many degree programs, from bachelor's to doctorate, enjoy the best of higher education and lifestyle. Go to sdsu.edu to see if our unique, diverse experiences for you, and visit sdsuhockey.com to support the top college hockey program in California. So you're a few weeks into the season and that brand new equipment bag is starting to get kind of funky. Those sweaty gloves and pads, yuck. Well, there's only so much you can do about it. But when that new pair of skates starts to pick up that scent, that's easy. Our customizable shower shoes go right into the washing machine. 
then air dry overnight, and they're ready for the next shift at the rink. Customizable for your team or with your favorite player's name and number, summer skates, the ultimate hockey player's footwear, are perfect for players in the desert or even for just wearing around the house. Head to IcetimeHockeyWest.com and click on the Summer Skates link to get your personalized koozies and shower shoes today. When you put on that Central Oklahoma Broncos jersey, you represent a championship culture on the ice and in the classroom. Two-time CHA M1 National Champions, four-time WCHL Champions, and named a Best in the West College by U.S. News & World Report, UCO hits all of the benchmarks for an elite college hockey experience. Our Edmond, Oklahoma campus, which is just minutes from downtown Oklahoma City, has over 100 areas of study and over 200 student organizations to help you find your fit. Whether it's our stunning 210-acre campus or our NCAA-level hockey environment, go to uco.edu or ucohockey.com and see if Oklahoma's Metropolitan University is for you. All right. Welcome back in, hockey fans. It's Wednesday night. It is the Great West College Hockey Podcast where we talk ACHA hockey. Scott Strandy with you in uh, Maricopa, Arizona tonight. My co-host is always Stephen Marsh from beautiful Las Vegas, Nevada. Okay, Stephen, you're all rested up. Now you can break this down and tell us all about the women's W1 National Championship field and uh, how things are going to be played out to determine a national champion at the New England Sports Complex in Marlboro, Massachusetts. Take it away. Well, there's 10 teams that are competing in the women's side, Division One. You've got Maryville, uh, Arizona State, uh, Indiana Tech, McKendree, uh, Adrian, Michigan, Minot State, and Miami. And it's uh, not as just a it's not a single elimination thing. It's I think more maybe it's more of like a double elimination thing. Uh, it's it'll be over five days. So day one, all the teams will play. Uh, so there'll be actually there's actually no, I'm sorry there's that's eight teams. There's two more teams that are uh, Midland and Liberty have already got a I guess since they're the top teams they've already got a buy into day number three. So Maryville and Arizona State battle it out on day one. Indiana Tech and McKendry battle out on day one as well. Adrian and Michigan against each other, and Minot State and Miami wins, or my and they go against each other. Now the day two is the the teams that lose. So you've got the um, again the highest remaining <laughs> the highest remaining division. It's crazy. One. I like the it way this crazy. is worded because it just yeah. sounds so wrong. The highest ranked division one loser against the lowest ranked division one loser and the second highest ranked division one loser against the second lowest ranked division one loser will go each other against day two my guess is that <laughs> the, the way that sound, sound great <laughs> yeah as long as everybody's listening here's your deal now you guys get to uh, break this all down there'll be a test afterwards <laughs> so they uh the uh, the the four lo- the four losing teams from the first day then play each other and I guess the winners of those games will then move on to day three, I guess. And then the other teams, I guess, are eliminated. And then day three, it's the third highest remaining seed playing the third lowest remaining seed. The fourth highest remaining seed playing the fourth lowest remaining seed. Midland will then play the second lowest remaining seed. And Liberty gets the lowest remaining seed. So it's the path is easier for, for Liberty and Midland. And then I think if they learned it, they learned it. And then from there on, straight, uh, you know, there's, there's a eight. Uh, then you get to eight teams, and then it goes down to four, and then it goes down to to two, and then there's a champion crown. So I hope I did a good job of explaining that. So it's not, it's it's because there's only ten teams. So the ten teams, uh, two the two highest seeded teams get a buy into day three, basically the quarterfinals. Or no, I guess it's not the quarterfinals. Yeah, the quarterfinals, and then. The other eight teams play each other. The winning of the winning of those teams on day one go right straight to day three. The losing four teams on day one have to play each other based on where they were seated in the in the rankings, in the seedings. Uh, play on day two, and then the winning of day two will then move on to day three. 
and then the day two losers have will be eliminated. So then you're down to eight teams, and then it's a straight. Uh, you got from eight teams, you go down to four, and then from four down to two, and then you get a champion crowned. Huh, so the only yeah, thing we know about matchup wise that Arizona State will play Maryville the first day, and then we have to wait and see uh, what happens. But I could tell you the times. So the the times for those uh, games for the uh, for the women's, if I can find it here. Uh, let's see if I could go to it real quick. Here we go. Uh, the Arizona State in Maryville. That's a 10 a.m. start time on Thursday, March 16th. So while the men's tournament starts on that day at 10:15 a.m. on Rink One, Rink Two will be the start of the women's day with the Arizona State against Maryville at 10 a.m. And then uh, McKendry and Indiana Tech at 1 p.m. Uh, these, of course, are all Eastern Daylight Time because we're going to be going into Daylight Savings Times here, which means you and I will be on the same uh, time zone here real soon with with Arizona because we're gonna we're gonna be moving our clocks forward. And you guys don't move your clocks there in Arizona. Yeah, we we don't do anything. <laughs> and then Michigan and Adrian College at four o'clock on the sixteenth, and then Miami and Minot State at uh, seven p.m. on the uh, the Thursday, the March sixteenth. And so, so those are the times for that first day. Good stuff. Um, that means you got to be there before Thursday. <laughs> yeah, well, I... you got the women's side and the men's side. You're going to be hopping on, my friend. But anyway, um, so so we have, I guess, officially four teams: one on the women's side, three on the men's side. But you know, we also cover and have partnerships with Adrian and Liberty, and um, you know, as outside of the WCHL, and we'll definitely keep track of them as well because. Both of those teams are uh, a top 10 teams in um, Liberty and uh, Adrian, and both of them may get it. Well, Adrian certainly will get a shot at a uh, uh, WCHL team, and if uh, Liberty and uh, UNLV win, they're headed towards a crash uh, in the quarterfinals, I believe, correct? Yes, that is correct. That's the way it's looking right now, which is how it was kind of set up last year, is that uh, UNLV will play the winner of Grand Valley State in Buffalo. And then uh, Liberty will play Pittsburgh, which is kind of ironic because UNLV played, had to play Pittsburgh last year when Pittsburgh won the play, uh, the first day game. And, yeah, if, if it stays chalk all the way to Sunday, quarterfinal Sunday, uh, I remember that because I remember saying that when I was doing my little video that day. Quarterfinal Sunday. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> uh, UNLV and Liberty would, would play each other uh, at, at 10, 15 in, in, on, uh, on Sunday. So that would be where where those two would be heading, which which would be uh, which those two teams would be certainly very familiar with each other. And then yeah, and then if, and then Adrian, if if everything stays on course with that, then Adrian would play Central Oklahoma or Arizona. So uh, either way, it's going to be the, the the quarterfinal Sunday could could turn out to be quite a quite a quite a day. So if if you if that's when you're arriving, then you're going to be in in time for some great great games because you got UNLV. And I'm just assuming here, if let's say UNLV makes it there and then you got Liberty gets past Pittsburgh and, and Adrian and Central Oklahoma all get past, and I'm just, you know, Arizona could check that up. Obviously, if Ohio, and they would be in Sunday as well, and then Jamestown or Niagara, well, that could go uh, either way. But and then potentially might not stay and, and maybe uh, and maybe Maryville, uh, if, if Maryville were to upset Indiana Tech. So, um so it could be some uh, some great some great matchups uh, on. Could that, be uh, there will be. I'll guarantee be, it. All twenty it. of these teams, as I asked Coach Berman about, all twenty of these teams um, have earned their spot. There's no doubt about it. No, no question. I think, I think as we see as the years go on, uh, you know, the last few years that the the, the, the talent of the, the, the teams getting better and better. And I think the level of competition in the tournament is better and better. As much as we during the year about the, the computer rankings and stuff but you know we, we ultimately we does. do <laughs> well, at least one of us does <laughs> yeah you should stop that really it's uh it, initials it's really... might be uh ss um <laughs> <laughs> uh, the uh <laughs> and uh and maybe some of us maybe some people don't like us because one of us is griping about the rankings all the time but... <laughs> it's not anything 
serious. I just, I want to see this it's game just, grow. That's all the reason no, that I gripe on it. That's well, why. It's, and, and it's, it's great. nothing and it, personal against anybody or even the computer. The computer makes, fought back. I've got and, bruises and knocked the tooth out. <laughs> it makes for great, uh, great podcasts here. You know, where there's some, some feistiness to it. So that that's exciting there. But, but no, I think ultimately the teams that get in deserve to be in, and uh, you know, and. You know, obviously, he talked about Chad Berman talked about in that interview about felt bad for Utah a little bit, and a good, a good team that didn't get in, but that was you know obviously a lot of due to to uh, as he said, uh, Michigan Dearborn had a good run and, and got an auto bid, so that that took a spot away. But uh, but yeah, I think ultimately it's going to be some some good teams. I think there could there'll definitely be some upsets. There always seems to be every year. At least last year, there was a couple of good upsets. So um, so yeah, I think it's that's what you like to see. Um, you know, if it stays chalk all the way it'll it'll make for a great championship matchup because that would be that would be uh minot state against ohio boy that would be that would be something but something tells me it'll uh there'll be an upset along the way that'll shake that up a little bit and one thing we do know for certain is there will be a new champion because lindenwood the defending champion has moved up the ranks to ncaa hockey and and where's Lindenwood now? They're they're not they can't they're not playing in the uh, postseason. Here they are, the, this great Lindenwood team. They win the ACHA championship. They go to NCAA, and they're not even in the picture. But but granted though, Lindenwood did have a pretty good first season in the NCAA. You you and Paul know more about that than I do. But but they and, and Lindenwood has a pretty solid M two team. Uh, they yep. didn't. They didn't field an M1 team. I don't know if they will come back with an M1 team down the road. I, but... I think that was kind of they were. They were going to do that, right? They were still going to have an M1 team for the ACHA, but didn't work out for this, this last season. But but who's to say in the future they might still field a, an ACHA uh, M1 team too? In addition to their NCA program, I mean, we see Arizona State has that. We, they have an NCA. Program. They also have a ACHA D1 program and a D2 program, and I think a D3 program. Obviously, they have a women's uh, ACHA D1 program, so they have a lot of. A lot, of, a lot of hockey there at, uh, at Arizona. And now they got to get them all into Mullet Arena and the Associated Mountain America Credit Union Iceplex Ice because uh, there will be no more Oceanside. Yes, that's true. The uh, the coldest rink in the ACHA will be going away, which is, is it sounds <laughs> great because it's like it's it's a great thing that uh, that these teams are going to be going over to, to the Mullet, but at the same time, and I think I think it was Lindsay Ellis that pointed this out. At the same time, it's kind of sad because it's you're losing an ice rink uh, in, in Arizona now in, in, in that area with uh, with with that going away. Instead of having extra an extra spot there, in addition to the to the Mullet Arena, you, you now you're going to be losing the uh, Oceanside Ice Arena. So, yeah, true. Okay, a couple things we got to uh, we got to talk about before. Speaking we wrap of Arizona up State, why don't we get to that? <laughs> Yeah, you, you're uh, you're going to tell us because uh, somebody made the jump to NCAA hockey from the ACHA it's, team. It's like when a when an AHL player gets called up to the uh, to the NHL. There was a there was it's a, a big call deal. <laughs> it was a big deal, and, and it it's appropriate because we were just talking about uh, about the ACHA uh, program and 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 ASU and everything, and and uh, Brendan uh, Studioso got called up. Uh, or studio, so now I put an E in there. But Brendan Studioso getting called up to the uh, NCAA Sun Devil squad, and not only did he get called up, but he got a goal, his first ever NCAA goal uh, against the Alaska Anchorage when they played them. Uh, uh, yeah, his first game, first his game first out. Game. That's a good. That's a good. And he's debut. on the power play in the third period and gets the power play goal. How's that? Um, you know, and I'll I'll be the first one to say this. Coach Powers told me that that he didn't think he'd ever have to do that. Well, the uh, the number of players that he's has out with uh, season-ending injuries um, required that he he at least look at it. And uh, with his ACHA season over with, that made him available to the NCAA team. And congratulations to him for getting that uh, call up and getting it done. Uh, I will say that's highly unusual that uh, ACHA players get that opportunity with an NCAA program. But but, but Powers has done that before, though. He called up uh, Bronson Moore, the it, goaltender. Yeah, when during the COVID year that the he, COVID needed year, to have, yeah. he needed to have a third goaltender. So that and, was a little uh, bit more of a unique circumstance there. But still, to, to have again, that goes back to having a, an ACHA program also in the same school and you know as, as you have an NCAA program. That, and yet, as you said, it is rare that that would happen, but it does lead to that. That opportunity, if 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 there was a rare chance that 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 would happen. Okay, a couple of the things I want to throw out there. Um, 
the uh, Minot State Beavers are going to be traveling next holiday season, next Christmas season, between Christmas and New Year's, to uh, to play Denver and Colorado College. That was announced uh, about a week ago or, or so. Uh, so that will be interesting that Denver and Colorado College have uh, decided to host um, an ACHA D1 team again. And I asked Coach Berman that today. He said, boy, he thinks Minot State uh, could really give them a run. And uh, he said, I don't expect them to win, but I think it'll be a competitive matchup. You saw um, UNLV play Denver, and uh, it was something else, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, it was something else. So uh, good luck to Minot State, who's a good program, uh, but, you know, playing an, an NCAA program, and not just any NCAA program, but the, well, the current uh, national champs. Obviously, they'll be trying to defend that here coming up in a, in a few weeks, but, but the current uh, defending champs of the NCAA, uh, Denver Pioneers, and certainly and in, in their and in, in their environment and then and also colorado college which is a a decent team again you you and paul know more about that side of things but just uh, from what i see from you guys and stuff uh they do they do pretty well themselves uh colorado college so it's any nca program I mean, even unlv playing alaska anchorage uh, a, a good program but not like maybe a tier program like denver and still they were weren't able to beat them so it's, it just shows you they're they're even though maybe the gap is Getting closer between the ACHA and the NCA, there is still a little bit of gap that kind of distinguishes uh, the two levels. But still, I think it's just another great example of of the growth of hockey in in the college ranks, and and that these opportunities continue to present themselves for ACHA programs to get opportunities to to play these NCAA programs, and and for the NCAA programs to have, you know, what they feel is a decent opponent that they can do an exhibition type thing in between, whether it's a start of the season like UNLV's was with Denver or whether it's in the middle of a season thing like like they're going to be doing uh, in December with Denver and Colorado College and, and Minot State. Well, I think what it says, Stephen, is that uh, both leagues are um, interested in, in um, um, how should I say this, commingling and uh, playing some exhibitions. And I think uh, the NCAA teams uh, really do a nice job of inviting uh, an AC, a top ACHA program to, to play them. And uh, the ACHA team then has a chance to kind of measure up and see where they stand. And uh, obviously when you're going against a team like Denver, a national championship team, or, or even Colorado College, that's certainly on the rise, um, you're going to get tested. There's no doubt about that. Um, I will tell you that uh, Paul Hornstein's been dreaming of this upcoming matchup. It's not official yet, but I think it's pretty close where the, uh, the Wildcats and the Sun Devils may play another exhibition game next season. So yeah, I know that's already been, looking to book talk- plane flight. I know that's been already been talked about uh, doing. And and Paul will like that because it's obviously going to be in, in Tempe in, in Mola instead of having to go down to the, the city down south there. So <laughs> Yeah, and, and here's the deal I've been told. Uh, Coach Berman told me today that, that if that's the case and Paul comes out for it, if uh, if – if uh, the U of A would happen to upset um, Arizona State, Paul Hornstein will wear a Wildcat jersey and uh, drop the puck at a Wildcat game in Tucson. So, how do you like that idea? <laughs> oh, uh, that'll that, be good, huh? That that uh, that I'd love to see. That I'd love to see. <laughs> oh, we'll have pictures. I guarantee you that. Uh, so we'll see. We'll see if he's up to it. You never know. I mean, I don't know if he if he take that kind of a challenge or not. But it almost be like me. It be almost me dropping like at a San Diego State game. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're gonna have that too. We're gonna we're gonna hook that one up next time San Diego State and and UNLV play. <laughs> yeah, that'll, that'll go well. Well, you get to go to the beach. You can't argue that, could you? That's true. Although I wouldn't want to be. Although San Diego's been getting got some snow recently too. So as long as it's not one during these freak storms. Blizzard warning. Blizzard warnings in San Diego. Why did you ever hear that? If you thought we had a wild weather here, it's been even wilder in California. (laughs) Yeah, it's uh, it's been crazy the weather stuff, and I'm sure it's going to be eventful to say the least out in Boston too. So next week we'll get one more preview in. Uh, before hopefully we'll be able to hook up with some of our other coaches and get some sound from them uh, trying to get a hold of Michael Rivera and see if we can't get uh, a few words from him and Anthony Vigneri Greener and find out how the Rebels are uh, stacking up we will have some preview on our teams at least uh, the ones that we're able to get to um, we've got the ASU oh, women this coming is, this is perfect I'm just looking at the weather for Boston if everything is, is on path here uh, for when I arrive there if, if all that still works out 
The temperature for Wednesday, next Wednesday, is uh, 37 degrees with a 50% chance of snow. How about that? How about that? Oh, uh, <laughs> bring the big jacket. Oh, that's bring good. the big jacket. It's the only time of the year I get to wear it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, anyway, uh, it's been another great show. We've had a chance to uh, to talk a little bit of hockey. Hope you enjoyed the conversation with Coach Berman. And uh, like I said, I do have uh, two other players, Jesse Lowell and uh, Biv. Also, uh, and then, of course, the whole Brody Selman conversation as well. That'll all be put into a package, and we'll get it up for the national tournament along with the Arizona State women. And if Stephen gets to work tomorrow, we'll have something <laughs> from UNLV. And uh, I don't know how we're going to get UCO in, but I'll work on it and see if I can't get some conversation at least with Michael Revere and his thoughts for next Wednesday's show as well. Yeah, you may have set up a, a Zoom or something. You know, this, Zoom still exists, even though through the pandemic. Oh, it does. Yeah, <laughs> true, it does. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, do want, I, uh, I do want to mention uh, this because the uh, WCHL did also put out their uh, end of season, uh, regular season, or I guess end of season's awards. And uh, so I want to mention these real quick. The uh, the coaches were asked to submit nominations for each of the postseason awards. And the WCHL all-league teams, first team and second teams, and all-rookie teams, they were permitted to vote for their own players. Uh, however, coaches were permitted to vote for only one of their own players for first-team consideration, only one of their uh, players for second-team consideration, only one players of their players for all-rookie team considerations. Okay, anyways, now they got through all that mumble jumbo, legal mumbo-jumbo. Here's the uh, WCHL all-first-team awards uh jesse low uh you you know we talked with him or we talked with Brody some but jesse low as you said you also have uh, university of arizona austin S simpson university of central oklahoma the uh, recently called up to the big big leagues at least in the ncaa big leagues brendan studioso arizona state university and defense uh jc dubecky university of central oklahoma also on defense alec johnson university of nevada las vegas and in goal Landon Pavelson, University of Nevada, Las Vegas. So that's your all-league first team. Your WCHL all-league second team consists of forwards Zach Guerra, University of Central Oklahoma, Max Kleiner, Colorado State University, uh, Vitaly Mikhailov, and I remember him, man. He's tall, and uh, <laughs> I remember talking to him last year at the <laughs> National he's Tournament. He's a big Russian. <laughs> doesn't, doesn't say much either. Uh, University of Central Oklahoma. On defense, Ty Marchant, uh, Arizona State University, and uh, Robert McComb. Uh, from the University of Nevada, Las Vegas, he's a he's a tall one too, and a good, very good player. And uh, in goal, uh, Nolan uh, Biv Bavolsic, uh, uh, University of Arizona. Good job, Bavolsic. <laughs> uh, and then coach of the year, not a surprise here, uh, Mike Rivera, University of Central Oklahoma gets that. The uh, most valuable player for the WCHL this season, Austin Simpson, uh, the University of Central Oklahoma. We'll do rookie team real quick. Uh, All-rookie team forwards, Joss Olsen, Missouri State University, Hunter Schmitz, Grand Canyon University, Dylan Walker, University of Arizona. Defenseman, Luke Boucher from Grand Canyon University, uh, Ty Marchant from Arizona State University, and in goal, Nicholas uh, Sapion from the University of Arizona. The rookie of the year goes to Ty Marchant from Arizona State University, and I think this is no surprise, and I know and I, I'm not surprised by this. The Sportsmanship Award goes to Hunter Mazzullo from the University of Nevada, Las Vegas. Does not surprise me one bit that he would get an award. Nope, like me either. Uh, well deserved, all of those. Congratulations to all of them for uh, a great season. And we'll see three of those teams uh, battling it out for a national championship. Hopefully, one of them takes it home and it comes back uh, to the West. Yeah, make a make that long flight back from Boston to one of the West cities. And by the way, speaking of long flights, Chad Berman said they're leaving at 6 a.m. and they're not going to get there until the evening. That's a long day. I'm that's, sorry. That is a long day of That's travel. what I'm afraid of. That's going to be ahead of me here soon. <laughs> well, you can handle it. You're still a young man. You're not a 61-year-old like myself. Well, they're all young people. <laughs> I'm still saying that's a long trip no matter what you do. Oh, I know. No matter how you get there, it's a long I trip. I haven't flown that much uh, in one day in a long time, I think since I was in, uh, spent some time in North Carolina, I think that, that was probably the first, well, I flew to St. Louis, but that was only like three or four hours. I think this is going all, maybe not even that much, but, and I had to make a, and it's, a, if it's a direct flight, it's, it's probably better. Well, if it's not a direct flight, that's probably why it's so long because they're going to have to make a stop somewhere. I'm sure. Yeah. You don't it, fly direct from Tucson and, to and, Boston. I don't and, think. And you probably, in some cases you fly backwards and then you fly this way. You know, if, you, if you're going, let's say you're in Arizona and you, let's say the flight goes to LA, which is 
opposite of the way you need to go. And then you go all the way across to Boston. That happens quite a bit. And I just never well, understood what, that. I'm. <laughs> well, when Paul Hornstein tries to go to Minnesota from Long Island, he goes to Florida or Atlanta first. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> but that's just because Paul doesn't understand geography. I mean, he could go straight there if he wanted to, but he just doesn't know geography. <laughs> All right, take it away, my friend. From the Summer Skate Studios, the Great West College Hockey Podcast was brought to you by the University of Arizona, ACHA D1 Hockey, a rich history, past, present, and future. By Summer Skates, whether you choose our original red, a custom logo, or our new black shower shoes, show off your game with style at summerskates.com. There's entertainment resorts and casinos. No one does entertainment destinations better. UNLV Hockey, ACHA Division I Hockey, and a world-class education in any of our 300 majors. By M-Drive, real people, real results. Try M-Drive Boost to look and feel your best. The University of Oklahoma, celebrating 20 years of Sooner Hockey, the action you crave only faster. For ticket information and more, go to ouhockey.net. At 50, uh, Jesse Ray's Barbecue at 5611 South Valley View Boulevard in Las Vegas and 308 North Boulder Highway in Henderson. Be a loaded in Vegas dish or a rack of ribs. This is barbecue, Las Vegas style. San Diego State University, 200 undergraduate programs and the top college hockey in California at sdsuhockey.com and sdsu.edu. Liberty University, strengthen your faith, your game, and your education at liberty.edu. Central Oklahoma University, championship culture on the ice and in the classroom. See if Oklahoma's Metropolitan University is for you at uco.edu or ucohockey.com. The Great West College Hockey Podcast and all of Ice Time Hockey West Podcasts are live every week on the Podbean app and also available for download at Apple Podcasts, Podbean, the Google Play Store, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and on the TuneIn app. Ask Alexa to turn on your ITHSW podcast. The Great West College Hockey Podcast is a part of the IcetimeHockeyWest.com network. Very well done, my friend. Our thanks again to everybody at the University of Arizona for uh, allowing me to come in and uh, invade their space for a little while today. I got kicked out when they started doing the penalty kill. Uh, coach said, They're, uh, we're going to do a little penalty kill film film study now, so uh, you're going to have to leave. So, uh, yeah, out I went. Out of my <laughs> ear, as they would say. Well, anyway. I thought you had, and I thought you were just royalty down there, man. I guess yeah, well, I was good until they started talking penalty kill, but they're serious. They're serious. They're they don't want any of that. National they don't want any of that stuff to leak out. No, they wanted me out of there. They go, "Hey, you're a media guy. You're gone." Yeah. So uh, anyway, I got out of there. But big thanks anyway to Chad Berman uh, and Jesse Lowell, uh, Nolan Bivol, yeah, Biv. Um, <laughs> there you go, Bivolsik. <laughs> Bivolsik, uh, and uh, of course Brody Selman as well. So, all right. Tonight with little Roger Klein of the Peacemakers, uh, De Niro, and we'll ask everybody to tune in again next week. Of course, Sunday night, College Hockey West Live. Paul Hornstein and myself will break down NCAA action from the weekend. It's tournament week, except for our independent teams, which will uh, be closing out their regular season as well. Okay, we'll, uh, we'll say goodnight. Goodnight, everybody. Take care, everyone. Have a great week.